Polyhedron is a production of Headcanon Games, LLC. Please bookmark Headcanon Games for the latest in Polyhedron news. Polyhedron is sponsored by listeners like yourself. If you'd like to become a patron of Polyhedron, please go to patreon.com polyhedron. Now, on with your show. And welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and as always, I have my two co-hosts, Ryan. Hi. And Scott. Yo. Yo, indeed. Guys, I'm tired. Me too. I'm yeah, really I mean, it's been a whole week it's since... It's going to be a bad show, guys. Yeah. It's going to be a bad show. <laughs> not, to, not to jag Tim, Dan Harmon's line too much. It's going to be a bad one. <laughs> It's been, a, it's been a week since we came back from LARP, guys. What the hell? I know. I, I'm tired because the last two episodes of Polyhedron were just, were great, but they were just intense. Yeah, we, we had some, some things to say to Michael, some people. Michael got down on the feels a little bit. He did. He got it, real. It always gets real when we talk to Michael. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Michael, Michael Goodwin is a very good communicator. That's what he basically does professionally. And uh, he has a lot of really cool things to say. And we want to, again, thank him for coming on and uh, talking with us uh, last episode. Yeah, we hope everybody enjoyed that. We are definitely planning on uh, – we, we would not mind having him, him back. Uh, and other people in the gaming industry uh, we would love to have. So if you're listening to this and yeah, if you're, you're somebody, if you're come a, be somebody with us. If you're a game designer or, you know, you just want to, you know, if you think you have something interesting to say, eh, draw us a line. Yeah, um, it's polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com, so for everyone's reminder. Uh, yeah, if you're in the industry, if you're even working on something you want to pimp something out, I'm totally down with that. Yeah, should we be concerned that the, that the ratings are better when it's not us? Like, <laughs> when, when, like, uh, don't, let's, don't let's, get me started on let's that. Let's be honest, guys, it's me. It's me. So more girls is what I'm getting. Well, more ladies, uh, Actually, yeah. you know, I, I, for our listeners out there, I'm the back burner. I plan on and hopefully in a couple episodes we'll have all the ladies back and i'm gonna have a nice conversation yeah if you people subscribe to our patreon <laughs> oh, let's, oh. Let's, let's not go there yeah oh yeah we're gonna have the girls on if more people patron our give patreon us, give <laughs> us money to bother them <laughs> oh i don't like where this is going all right backing on up <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go back all right so what's in the news fellas uh, I mean, not so, not much as far as uh, has been on my radar. The only thing that uh, that hit me recently was uh, Mr. John Wick sent out the preview rules, uh, which is essentially like eighty percent of what the core book is going to be for the new Seven Seas. Um, uh, and then about a week or so after that, he sent out another version of it with all of the updates and corrections, as well as additional content. I have not personally had the time to sit down and like chew through it, uh, but that's exciting. It's exciting that you know that project is really going gangbusters. All right, guys, I'm, I'm making a promise right now. I'm going to come to the table with some news next time. I oh, yeah. never Good, have please. any. I don't pay attention very well, obviously. So next but, time. But yeah, no, that's that's right. the only thing that's hit my radar, and that's interesting. I like that that's going gangbusters. So we'll see how that where that. Yeah, goes. unfortunately, like I said uh, previous couple times, that uh, RPG in the field of RPGs, unless we're talking about video games, is kind of a valleys and hills situation where there's a lot of it, and then there's nothing for like a long time. Man, people have been playing those Dark Souls though. Yeah, Dark Souls. Oh my God, that is an RPG. There are RPG elements in there. Every game has RPG elements in them now. Yup. Yeah, because everyone wants to hit that cocaine button, man, right in the brain. Want to see those numbers go up. Actually, dump my souls. Actually, Idea Channel just did an episode about Dark Souls. <laughs> uh, <which laughs> the idea of Dark Souls. The, the Dark Souls of Dark Souls. 
um, because it's all about like you know the dark, X is the Dark Souls of Y kind of phenomena. Yeah, it was just dealing with the idea of like things that are such a cultural zeitgeist that they define things, even things that came before it. Yep. Like Kafka, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of what the jam was about, which is cool because you know people are talking about so so ball crushingly difficult action RPG. Yeah, is, is, much. is that just it now? Is that what it is? Dark Souls yeah, is the yeah. ball crushing difficult. Yeah. Action RPG of our of the of the era. Difficult but fair. That's, yeah. that's oh for sure. Like oh, yeah. every get, get good. Just get get good at it. Yeah. Like it's an ultimate. Listen, I come from the Devil May Cry days. That's what oh. we, that's what we did when that I was, was yeah, that man. was revolutionary onto its own right. Just for because sure. of the style, the style and the thematics that it was thrown around. Play other games that came out the same year as Devil May Cry and see if they're as good as that game. They're not. The control like for the time was was crazy awesome. Yeah, um, so, let's, get, that was news, I don't yeah. really have anything to bring to the plate, but I, just like, uh, Ryan, I'll make that promise that next time, I will absolutely bring some news to the table. And dear listeners, I am a liar, so don't, don't, you know, or, or just send me terrible, hateful messages if I'm a liar. So that's Everyone, t- tweet at Ryan. Tweet at Ryan about what a liar I am. No, no, to remind him, gentle reminder, to encourage him, motivate him. Give him some news to talk about. Yeah, give him or news po- to talk or about. point me at something, and I'll go look it up or something. I don't know. Yeah, and then totally. you can hear our dulcet tones speak about your topic of choice. And I'll even say your name or something. Ooh, yeah. oh, that's wow. nice. That's I like treat internet fame. Yeah, <laughs> all that sweet internet money. You get them residuals. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't actually get residuals. Yeah, nor we, we, we get nothing. We're we're poor. We're poor. We're poor. <laughs> we do this on our own free will and good grace. Yep. But let's then let's move on right to the topic at hand. Talking about good graces, let's talk about storytelling. And- yeah, and uh, yeah, I think uh, the the topic was one that I thought up of this time, which is uh, the idea, the concept of meta plot, uh, which is mainly a tabletop RPG thing. Um, it's the it's the notion that you know when you play a tabletop RPG, you've got the core book, and a lot of the times that core book comes with the setting of the game. You know, the world in which the game takes place. And the core book's job, for the most part, is to sort of set the table. Uh, you know, put all the pieces on the board, tell you what the state of the state of the world is, and then throws you into the sandbox and let you go. Um, but some games, uh, particularly some of the, the games that I know I've played a lot of, uh, go a bit further in that, especially in supplements. Uh, and they come out with adventures or setting updates. Uh, it's also done in novels or other pieces of media that essentially sort of push the state of that setting forward in time uh, based on the actions of NPCs uh, and scenarios uh, that your table, your your players, can interact with and be involved in. White um, Wolf is huge about this. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Old World of Darkness uh, definitely had a huge meta plot, um, as did uh, the Trinity Universe uh, series of games. Um, and I, I am of the opinion uh, that the World of Darkness meta plot, while interesting and fun, um, did not do anywhere near a good of job of, ha- of handling this concept as the Trinity Universe concept, as uh, the Trinity Universe line of games. Unfortunately, Dungeons & Dragons, I mean, while it does have it, uh, it actually kind of leaves it to other books and stuff. Yeah. Well, the core of 5th edition, I was talking to Scott about this earlier, is here, here's no meta plot. Here's very next to no setting. 
but it's fantasy. You all know fantasy. Just work off that. There's a tavern and a cave. Yep. Perhaps some orcs. <laughs> Maybe an old wizard or two. There might be a wizard, and you might have to go save a lady. Yeah. Or a man. Whatever. We're not misogynists. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but the Sword Coast book is basically the setting of what Forgotten a, Realms. What a beautiful. Okay, if we're gonna talk about like that sort of thing, like oh, yeah. the Sword Coast Adventure rule book is probably one of the most well written supplements to a D&D setting that I've ever seen in as much as the third edition and fourth edition books for that particular subject of Faroon were just ridiculous. They were huge. They, they were, were very informative. They were super informative, but they have population statistics and like <laughs> chief exports of cities. Like it was that kind of grognardy, like are we... Civilization Five. Yeah, it's like Civ Five. <laughs> Whereas the Sword Coast Adventure is like, uh, here's like four hooks for this area. Here's kind of what you need to know about it. Do some writing it, okay. on your own, and I actually appreciated that because, um, in this subject gets very, very touchy on in terms of Dungeons and Dragons oh, yeah. because they have switched the focus to Faroon as the main world instead of Greyhawk, because no one gives a shit about Greyhawk. It's an older setting with older ideas. Very, very much older ideas. I, I know two shits about Greyhawk. No one does. Yeah, That's, exactly. And it's, and it's fine. But you know what? I've played Neverwinter Nights a couple times, so I know a pretty good deal about what Faerun is all about. Is, yeah, Faerun is, is Neverwinter, and Faerun, like, Faerun is just a more interesting world, and it's... However, there's been, like, 10,000 books written about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's really, that's really what... Okay, so... We're talking about the question of metaplot and what metaplot is. Obviously, Scott said that it's the setting. Setting material in an RPG book is just setting the table. It's saying, here's what the world is like. This is why you're playing D&D versus Vampire or anything else like that. Anything in between. Whereas metaplot is the sort of structure. There's some, some either forwards or backwards momentum to lead you from A to B to C. It doesn't. It could be a preset adventure, or it could be just use the st origin story of vampires from Vampire the Masquerade. Mm -hmm. Like it's telling you some history and sort of foreshadowing some stuff that may happen in the future of the game. It gives you a hook. You yeah, know, it just gives you a hook. And like, and 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 as I mentioned, like, I mean, I would consider at least in this context the idea of like pre-generated modules. Mm -hmm. Um, like that that sort of stuff is is towing its line on what we're talking about here because it's it's story and it's content that you the GM or you the player or the table hasn't directly come up with. And I guess that's sort of a lighter version of what metaplot is, uh, but it still sort of plays in that in that sandbox. Um I and mean, we're we're kind of just like this is more of a discussion of like setting setting plus plus yeah, yeah. yeah and what's what aspects of the setting are you putting into the game that are would be considered canonical mm -hmm. like um, how do you make that choice yeah, yeah what do you do with it and uh, what is the best way to do it and what are some bad things that happen I mean, when you do it i've experienced some i mean it wasn't really bad for me but i could tell it was kind of bad for people at the table where myself and say like our our dungeon master at the moment had read an extreme number of Forgotten Realms books, <laughs> and two of the other players at the table had not. So we could have a conversation that may have well been fucking impenetrable to, <laughs> like, the two other people at the table on the subject of what was happening in the game in the moment, and, like, oh, well, we've officially just left these two people who have no idea what's happening behind, and, like, now all they know is me shoot dragon. 
Like that's yeah. or yeah. me yeah. hit orc or me hit drow, whatever. Yeah, it's 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 sort of like we might as well have been have a conversation in Sanskrit for yeah. for all for all that good. That's that a writing did. style. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's a delicate balance. I mean, it, it it you really have to consider your table whether or not everyone's on board, whether or not everyone's familiar with the material. And most importantly, do they give a single hot shit about your setting? Oh, yeah. The answer is usually no. That's very true. Um, if you're... Depending. Like, yeah. it, like, especially if it's your own homebrew setting, like, man, oh, man, most of the time people just do not care. Sure enough. I mean, but that... I mean, your own homebrew setting, that, that kind of is... Like, that's and, nothing that's, but meta plot, but no, that's, not meta plot. That's anti meta plot. I mean, right. that, that is all shit coming out of your head. For sure. Um, but you know, but but yeah, no. So back to to sort of what I was discussing, uh, the idea of like the the world of darkness meta plot versus the Trinity universe meta plot. Right. And this is a distinction that I was actually discussing with Matthew. Um, all of the world of darkness games, the the sort of the key factor of that meta plot was it's all going to hell. Um, it's ending, it's moving towards the end of the world yeah. in whatever version of the end of the world that you're playing Yeah, in. you are in a nosedive, um, and that's kind of what the game is about uh, in, a, in a broad scope. Like, no matter how, you know, mo- how much backstabby, manipulatey, you know, nonsense you get into, uh, there's still this looming end of the world thing. And if that's a part of the game that you engage with, especially if you begin to use some of the, the material uh, that White Wolf put out that sort of pushed, that, that, that facilitated the telling of those stories. Gehenna was a very interesting book. It was. All of the it time was a very of, cool book. Time, of, the judgment. time of Judgment. And, but yeah. you know what? That's, it wasn't just the Time of Judgment. Up, uh, up, leading up to the Time of Judgment, leading up to the whole end of the World of Darkness uh, you know, in, in an official you know, book capacity, they had all sorts of updates to the thing. Like, this is what happened. Like, the Ravnos dying. Uh, oh, like, such an interesting, weird, terrible yeah, story. Exactly. Terrible, weird story. And that was told over a lot of different supplements, as well as the clan novel series, uh, which you can get in these four massive tomes, which is just, like, seeping, chunking, oozing bits of metaplot. And I'm told that the Zamishi one was the best one. Uh, you know, there was a bunch of them that were really good. Like, some of them were... Eh, uh, but a lot of, like it, it. It really was one big story, um, uh, and so you it really be, behooved you to read them all. But that was a lot. Oh man, it took me a long time to read those. Go read every dressed book. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> That's not even metapod. That's just some dude's story. Like exactly. unless well, you want to incorporate Drist into your game on any yeah. substantial level. Yeah. What was really cool about those tomes, though, is because um, every chapter of every clan novel had like a timestamp at the beginning of it. Oh, neat. Uh, it's like it, it, this, this part of the story takes place on this day at this hour at this location. When they anthologized it, when they put all the clan novels together into those four massive tomes, it wasn't, um, it was not, you know, here's the Bruja clan novel. It wasn't released thing. in like the, no. the, the release schedule. It was, so it was, it was put chronological. In all of that story was told over the course of one big story that followed the chronology of the books. I almost want to read it now you like know, it's, that. It's not a bad idea. It's actually a really good, really interesting story. And when you see how everything puts together, because that was multiple writers. Mm-hmm. It wasn't all just one one author doing it all together. So you had some tonal inconsistencies. But for the most part, it all fit together. But going back to the original point, that was the story of everything going to hell. Um 
And that, in my opinion, really constrained your uh, your story. White uh, Wolf is obsessed with that. Yeah. Though. Like, the obsession, even, even like, in Exalted. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you're golden gods from from the Forgotten Age, and you can, like, do great sorcery and pump moats and, like, alter the social structure of an entire country. But at the, at the end of the day, there's eight things about to destroy everything, and you have to deal with that. But the counterpoint to that, uh, actually, eight, which is a White Wolf product uh, that had a strong metaplot, was the Trinity Universe. And Trinity Universe was the metaplotiest of metaplotiest. Uh, yeah, I've read I've read through all of the books. Zero percent experience on it's my so part. So good, you're uh, oh when the when the new editions come out, yeah. Anyway, three different game lines set in three different eras of the same universe that all sort of fit along a consistent timeline. Uh, so you know you had one game that 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 occurred in the past, one game that occurred in the present, and one game that occurred in the future relative to our time, to to modern day America, mm-hmm. modern day Earth. Um, and so it was a very heavily interconnected line. Like there was there were characters and scenarios and situations and ideas that carried through all three game lines. Um, and and so it was very dense and very con- disconnected. But the end game of that uh, meta plot, where it was all heading, um, at least in the in the sort of the, the the future, like the ultimate end of it in in a in a chronological sense, was not the end of the world. It was actually uh, it was actually a very hopeful scenario wherein yes, there were terrible things. Yes, the world is beset by terrible monsters coming from the edges of space. The sins of the past are coming back to you know f us in the a. Um, but if you followed the meta plot and if you saw where it was going, uh, and it was actually one of the, probably the biggest tragedies of it, one of the biggest, like, end game, big set piece elements of the meta plot, uh, was never actually officially released. It was in the last Psy Order book, which was for the Ministry of Psionic Affairs, uh, slash, uh, China, Asia. Um, that revealed a big setting element called Process 418 that had been hinted at since the core book of, of the Trinity uh, universe, the Trinity continuum uh, Aeon game. Uh, and what that really was, was a big opening up of, okay, all the things that have happened in this, this continuum of games, all the different types of science heroes that you can play over the course of these three games. It's all available now. It all opened it up. You don't have to play a specific thing in this specific era. You can be a hero of any type, uh, going forward. So it was actually a very big, expansive, hopeful, uh, you know, new, new horizons, new opportunities, mm-hmm. new abilities. It wasn't nosediving into the ground. It was jetting up into the stars and into a new, a new. So you would define these two meta plots, one being better than the other. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say good or bad. Yeah. Better than the other, because the end result would have been a more hopeful, more benevolent or beneficial outcome. I I would say that's true, but more so um, the the meta plot of the world of darkness narrowed down your options. Yeah, it, it, it really pairs you down because like, okay, great, it's the end of the fucking world. I guess that's what we're dealing with. Exactly. Whereas what you're describing to me sounds like, well, now we can just do anything. Exactly. We now can... any story can be told, mm-hmm. and it's not really the end of 
the story so much mm-hmm. as you know as, beginning, again, of a a beginning of a grander much grander one. Much grander, exactly. I mean, and some people did use Gehenna in the times of judgment to sort of do as a springing off point of like, well, what happens after? Exactly. Depending on what your flavor of the end of the world was, it's like, well, what do vampires do now if there's still any alive? Yep. And that's that's the thing is that like, if you stuck to the meta plot and went through that story, then it very narrowly put you through a very, very narrow, very set sort of funnel point. And where if if you continued from there, yes, you, you could obviously do that, but you weren't supported in that. The game line did not give, tell you, now you can do whatever you want, because it was focused on telling this one very narrow, very f- definitive end uh, to everything. Because that was the whole point. That was that was what they were going from. The, from the story you were telling was going to have to come to a close in a canonical well, way. And the thing is, the Time of Judgment in World of Darkness didn't just end the vampire series. It ended the whole damn thing. Everybody. Yeah. And that was one of White Wolf's greatest like positives and negatives. Is that like, well, if, if vampires aren't your shtick, there's werewolves, there's mages, there's fucking fairies. There's fucking mage fairies. There's ghosts. There's ghosts, if you want to feel bad. (laughs) Um, You'd be centaur, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, whatever really you're into, you can play that thing. So they had to, like, figure out a way to... And They had to figure out a way to say, okay, well, that's all over now. Because everyone had their ending. Yeah, everyone was, no matter what... What you wanted to do in that that era, you were all nosediving into hell. Well, yeah, because each of the game lines from the get-go baked in there was something on the horizon that could end everything mm-hmm. uh was it the uh changelings had like the black casket and the nightmares that were going to come out of it yeah, if the it end ever... of magic the end of the um... awakening of the of the worm and like yeah, the, 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 yeah, worm the, the apocalypse yeah. which the i apocalypse. read those books by the way i've read those books that's those were very interesting good shit. um but uh, yeah i think in terms of metaplot white wolf did kind of hamstring itself in terms of the world of darkness mm-hmm. it's just because I, th- I think one where we need to take this conversation now is like, how much of this shit do you actually include in your game? Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. if you try to include all of it, everyone will hate you and everyone will be bored. Also, you'll drive yourself crazy. Like, uh, and but in the difference I, I see between the two examples that Scott gave between the Aeon universe and the World of Darkness is because of the two very distinct different themes of like, downward spiral versus up something that uplifts you to the stars is the idea of like of development and like telling your own story mm-hmm. and you can't really do that if everything's going to hell you're because if you're going canonical the world is going to end and you cannot stop it yep you're, and, and, and yeah it, you're not buffy aeon did it seems to open up that a lot better in terms of like well they and here's the thing you don't have to interact with Project 418, do you? No, you, you don't. You Absolutely have have, not. You don't have to have anything to do with it. You never had to like deal with any of the NPCs that worked on nope. it, any of the weird, crazy shenanigans that probably was behind it. But at the end of the day, you can just say, well, that happened, so we're good. Mm-hmm. Like You get to be whatever you want because that thing happened over there. Yep. Don't even worry about it, you know, bro. I don't care. Whereas yeah. in terms of World of Darkness, it's just like, no, we have to fucking... If, yeah, if, if, it depends on how slavishly dogmatic you are to the canon. And, and I, they, that's really where we're going with this and, conversation. Yeah, how slavishly dogmatic do you want to be? Do you want to have your, like, well, no, you can't do that because this MP, this this book says that this happened mm-hmm. like at this, at this point, time. At this time, and so no, you can't, or this person will be there 
and they may fuck your shit up, or they may not like you, or they may like you. Oh, let's not even get into the conversation of, like, like metagaming, because your player has read these books, they know that this stuff is going to happen, and you can see the signs in the game where your GM is taking you, and you're like, oh, I know what's going to happen. And that can be extremely unfulfilling, because you're like, yeah, alright, let's do this thing that I know that's about to happen. Or... If you have a really good player and you're and, and a really uh, perceptive GM, you have someone who leans into it. They're like, "Oh man, this train wreck is coming my way. Let me put myself right in front of the train wreck, as, op- as opposed to swinging off the train with my katanas and and uh, and a trench coat and, and sunglasses at night, like chopping off the heads of my enemies because I'm on the train now." Um, like yeah, you know, and that, like, and that can be fun for everybody, especially if it's just like the two people who know what's happening and everyone else is kind of mm-hmm. like, "Dude, what are you doing right now?" And it's like. Let's also kick to the other end. Obviously, you don't want to be too slavishly dogmatic, but if you're not dogmatic on any level, you're not playing probably the same game. Then why are you specifically chosen why to did play? Why you need setting? Right. Mm-hmm. Why are you playing Vampire? Why are you playing Change Room? Why are you playing uh, uh, Adventure or Aeon? The answer sometimes is I just like the mechanics. Like, yeah, and, yeah, and, sure. like I could more than ha- I have played a Vampire the Masquerade set system game where the setting was completely thrown out and we were playing in a very different setting. It wasn't as good, mm-hmm. but like, you know, like, yeah. and there were certain aspects of it that were, you know, that were more fun in some ways and way less fun in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, the masquerade's about partially about the masquerade. You yep. can't go, can't go ham bone in the middle of the street and just, we're playing true blood. Woo. Or yeah, you're going to, or yeah. you're, or, Oh, they made a setting for that. It's called Sabat. <laughs> yeah, that is true. They did make a Sabat setting. Wow, all our players are not playing the Masquerade, and they just want to, you know, you know, go shoot cops and drink blood in the middle of the street. Okay, let's make this thing called the Sabat. I, I, I will say one of the most fun vampire games I've ever played was a, a Sabat game in which we took that shit seriously. Oh, yeah. I, I played in a... Matthew and I both played in a Sabat LARP, uh, and we did some shit, man. We got gross. Oh, man, but we I, got into some serious... Actually, we got into some serious meta plot because yeah. it was the end of the world. We did play yeah. through Gehenna, but Gehenna wasn't, like, happened in one night thing. Yeah, it was a very long multi-year process that... Until it did happen in one night, the last, then, the last the last event uh, was a very interesting night for uh, for, for that. Uh, but I'm not going to talk about that because, well, maybe some people listen to podcasts. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I have opinions, Daniel. Well, somber for life. Yeah. Oh, uh, dude, totally. Anyway, uh, though um, I was a pander myself, I, I enjoyed them so so much. Bruja. Anyway, anyways, back bitch. to what we were talking about. Uh, again, if yeah, if you're Panders. if you're not. If you're not dogmatic on any level, you're not really playing that game. You got to figure out why you're playing that game for yeah, that particular reason. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the part of the setting, part of the appeal of the setting, was you know that there's this sort of meta story uh, that's going on, and because game companies like to sell books, uh, they capitalized on that. They they said, well, okay, okay, here's our version of that story. And one thing in the in all the White Wolf books, and in a lot of other, uh, you know, it's not, maybe not specifically named as such, um, the White Wolf books always had this thing called the Golden Rule of, you know, here's what we've given you. If you don't like it, change it. That's in, that's from mechanics. That's from setting. That's from meta plot. That's from. I mean, our friend Dolores was very, very aggressive in certain changes oh, yeah. she made to the Exalted setting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in some cases, more positively, in my in my yeah. opinion, like. Certain set, I, I I could wrap my head around the, the the version of the setting being told in that case more than I could around certain 
other times I played Exalted. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, go where again. This is what Dolores always said, and I totally picked up. And I champion is go where your fun is. If you're not having fun with this setting as it is, and and some of its meta plot, change the meta plot. I mean, change some of the under- setting. I believe. I think my understanding of like lunar society and exalt, like the lunar exalts. I think my understanding of them as a society is actually completely not what is written in those books. Probably, probably not. What was presented to me is apparently not what was in those books. Well, actually, and... it's a funny thing you should say that, and this is tangentially related, so I'll go off on a bit here. Um, I just listened to a interview of a podcaster who had John Mork and Holden Share on talking about third edition, and oh. one of the things they talked about towards the end was where they're going to really take a really hard look at lunars and their their establishment in the setting of Exalted to really give them a distinct feel and flavor because none of the additions in their minds gave them what they needed. It has always been well, one just, way or another. Well, the, one of the biggest problems of playing uh, other types of Exalts in the Exalted setting is if you have a mixed party, like that's just not fun. Like, I'm, I have never, like, the one situation we had in which we were a bunch of solars and then there were some lunars, mm-hmm. the lunars were fucking miserable because we were just better yeah. than them and, in and, every conceivable and that's, way. And that's a, that's a mechanical balancing issue with also trying to stay true to a setting issue. I mean, I ran a mixed uh, mixed party Exalted game that lasted for a decent amount of time. About two um, years, I think. Um, a little longer than that, like three, maybe about three, four years, and we had everything from we had dragon blooded, we had a sidereal, we had a couple of solars, and we had a lunar. And while that power balance was there, um, everyone had. I mean, uh, Matthew can Matthew can naysay me on this and told me it tell me it sucked, uh, but I thought everyone had fun and everyone had their niche. No, we we had fun. We had niche. Now we had to completely strangle the mechanics to make it work in the long run because after a certain point the dragon blood ain't gonna keep up with oh, any of the solars. Yeah, there, there was a point where we basically had to, to say Matthew you're not really playing the dragon blood anymore I yeah, gotta, we're gonna, gotta, we're gonna, gotta put something. you over here and give you give you a shit ton more power so that you can play with the big boys hey I became the mothership it was okay yeah, I was fine yeah, with he did. that he became... and, that's, and that's a thing that you know you kind of have to like how then that's a part of the setting, right? Like right. that's a part of the setting of Exalted is that the Solars are the pow- most powerful guys. There's actually a very distinct hierarchy of power, and it's as part of the main setting and the meta plot. It's enforced. Like, do you enforce that through the mechanics? Do you want a mixed game? Do like, yeah. like, and that's a sort of a decision and you have to make. World of Darkness had the same issue. A uh, little bit of backstory: the originally the World of Darkness games, Vampire Werewolf. Changeling, Mage, all that. They weren't designed to be in each other's game. They were supposed to be separate iterations of the World of Darkness. Until what happened, I guess the writers got wind of this, is people started playing mixed parties because they well, we're all in the same world, right? Mm-hmm. Why don't we just all play? And then they started going, okay, well, yes, okay, they do exist in all. And once that became canonical in all of their books, that mm-hmm. mages existed with werewolves, existed with vampires. Specifically, the version of mages that existed within the distinct game lines. Mm-hmm. Like, in the back of a vampire book, you had stats for something called a lupine or a, or a, or a wizard or something. Mm-hmm. And they basically conformed to, you know, they, they, they used vampire powers to approximate what a werewolf or a were, what a mage would be able to do. 
But what a werewolf and a mage could do in their own game lines is completely different from that. And it, yeah, and it and began to completely the, unbalanced. Yeah, it came down to the in the early days. It was no, these things aren't. Well, these things are in the same world. But God help you if you run into them. Yeah, exactly. Is how the werewolves were always treated. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like, oh, is that a new werewolf that turned like last week? Bring ten guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, He's upset. What, and my point is, I'm getting at is, originally they weren't designed or even thought of that they should be in the same mm-hmm. same universe together, but they, they started thought. making canonically a part of the meta plot mm-hmm. was these guys do exist in the setting together, That's, which means when how you start, much of that do you want to have to deal exactly, with? Exactly. It's like, do I want to bring real mages? into a game with real vampires and what does that do and then and unfortunately they you do have not... a Tremere in your party <laughs> will they be upset yes <laughs> likely the answer is yes and so the mechanics the... started falling apart and that couldn't reinforce the meta plot because these guys couldn't play mechanically nice with each other and that that goes back to something that I think we've mentioned a couple of times the idea that the setting and the system have to work together now to white wolf's credit when they when when they threw the world of darkness into the hell toilet yep. and, fl- and, and flushed the fire flush um, uh, and started the new world of darkness, what is now the Chronicles of Darkness. Um, those were kind of integrated on Oh, purpose. yeah, absolutely. They, oh, from dropped. the get-go. From the get-go. I they, remember reading the, w, uh, the What the Fuck book and, uh, <laughs> and uh, realizing, like, in reading it, it's like it, it was already pre-built around, like, when affecting people, like, when affecting other supernaturals use these mechanics. Um, yeah. They specifically... There was the blue book for the yeah. New World of Darkness. Was this is the mortal book, guys? You Books put the, you put supernatural templates on top of these guys, yep. but this is how you build a normal dude. Um, and then everything, everything, werewolves, vampires, everything has to be built around this structure so that they all that. could yep. exist in the same yep. world. I really like that. I thought it was actually a very, and I think it's actually a good exercise. I mean, someone can like get at me on the internet and be like, "You're absolutely wrong. This is garbage." But, like, I felt it was a very good exercise to build the dude you were before you were a monster. Mm-hmm. Most certainly. And I well, think that lets you inform of, like, what you were about, who you were, like, what your job was. Like, yep. what were you before you turned into this thing and then slap a template on it and, like, well, now you're a monster. Yep. yep. Deal with well, it. that's the thing. is like, it was all built around the same core system. Um, and then the templates were worked to not necessarily be balanced against one another because one vampire going up against one werewolf you're still going to have a bad time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the werewolf is probably going to rip your fucking head but off. But it's a much more even but, playing field than it was. But, 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 of... the, but the fight doesn't last three hours because you're having to cross-reference three different books and the GM doesn't have to sit there with his head like slamming against the table trying to figure out how how power A interacts with power B. Well, if you're a smart werewolf, you have claws that just do ag to everything forever and the fight's over in a three seconds. A- exactly. Yeah, it's not... The new world of the Chronicles of Darkness, as I'll refer oh, to it. Oh, they got rid of that real uh, quick. Yeah, and they smoothed out a lot of problems. And actually, I actually like the Chronicles of Darkness from a mechanical and setting level a little bit better than the old world of darkness. I, Though I still have a great fondness for the I old actually, world of darkness. I, uh, I like the new world of dar- the, the Chronicles of Darkness mechanics, I think, for the reasons that we've discussed, are actually far superior. Uh, I think Matthew and I uh, recently, and still in some fashion, are playing in an old... Uh, in a uh, Werewolf 20, 20th edition, yeah. edition game, which uses mostly the old World of Darkness mechanics, and you know I'm I'm playing this one like wow this is this is old stuff like they've they put some spit and polish on it, but this is very Bitters. this is very old thinking 
and the new world of darkness. You add three things together. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Which is actually how you did it in Street Fighter, by the way. I will point out, oh, like my. they're bringing back the old stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but um, so I, I'm of the opinion. I think that the old world of darkness setting uh, was superior to all the stuff that came out in the new world of darkness. But the new world of darkness, Chronicles of Darkness mechanics are far and away. And that goes back to our conversation. I know we kind of got on a tangent, but it's yeah. all related, I promise, is the New World of Darkness, the Chronicles of Darkness, they did away with a lot of the old meta plot, not just because it's a new game line, but they were like, we're not establishing meta plot. We're not establishing I mean, where did vampires come they, from. Didn't they like go out of their way to completely and utterly avoid that with yes. vampire? Well, okay, I know the story kind of behind why that happened with vampire. I know it was a lot more... Um, they went a lot more with mythos. They yeah. just treated it as mythos for the other settings because I read well, Mage and I read the World World and they were much more like, here's the legend of where we came from, but we don't fucking know. Well, they like for Mages it was all wrapped up in dream and metaphor, which um and not a literal. Weird to the Fae, which, yeah. yeah. Um and then for the Fae, it was okay. You're gonna go beyond the hedge, which is dream dreamland, oh which is unreliable as anything. I really really enjoyed the, the yes. new change. Changeling the Lost is. Probably my favorite one book of my... that came out of the New World of Darkness. Uh, I think it's far superior to the Changeling the Dreaming. I'm sorry, Katie. Uh, <laughs> we uh, still love you. We still love you, but man, I love Changeling the Lost. Mechanically super good. One of the greatest uh, role-playing set, few sessions we've ever had was actually, like, once we got out of the hedge, <laughs> it wasn't as fun yeah. as the torture porn that was becoming changeling. <laughs> yeah, right. And like, I have some great stories of my, my, my churgeon Seraphim, mm-hmm. who was like this poor son of a bitch who just had all kinds of bad stuff happen to him in the hedge. And it was so much fun. I, and like for the Chronicles of Darkness, I liked werewolf because they got rid of a lot of the old sort of cultural biases that they had in the original yeah. werewolf, the apocalypse. And they really like from the ground level built them up to be very distinct individual group and also the focus was not on if you want to talk about a game that had meta plot werewolf the apocalypse has one of the biggest meta plots from the old world of darkness sure. oh yeah and in the new chronicles of darkness and werewolf they're like nope no real big meta plot no worms no worms you're dealing with the pack pack politics and the area that you control and, and your low your guy. Cops. Yeah. yeah your cops your, your spirit cop essentially yeah. And I love that. I, I absolutely adore that. And I was like, I want to play this type of game. It well, would be fantastic. It's actually a very di- okay. Well, it's it's actually kind of a, a sign of the times in which the books were written. Like mm-hmm. the anarcho punk thing was just like all up ends the old mm-hmm. the old wad. Yeah. Like oh yeah, you're fight like you're a bunch of like loners railing against the some grand authority or some grand thing. Whereas now it was it slowly shifted back to okay, these are politics. It's more about politics and more ground. That's level that's stuff. definitely what um Bloodlines, uh, I forgot what they called Vampire hmm? New and Chronicles of Darkness. I forgot what the The Bloodlines. Covenants. Co- oh, Covenants. Well Covenants, but it was called Vampire Bloodlines, wasn't yeah. it? Well Bloodlines. Are you no, talking about the computer game? game? No, I'm talking about the actual tabletop game. What was it yeah, called? It was Vampire called, No, it's called The Requiem. The ah, Requiem. thank you. Yes. Requiem. Yeah, it, that they 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 even emphasized politics. If that was even possible, yeah, then the old yeah. world of darkness. They're like, now this is a politics because you it's have not politi- just you clans. Have poli- yeah, you have political units that can interact in the same city. 
Yeah. Uh, whereas the political units of uh, the masquerade was Cam and Sabat, and that was no, just war. They, that was war. You couldn't interact. You couldn't. You couldn't sit down at a table with a, a Sabat archbishop and a Camarilla prince. Cannot sit down at a table, uh, at least in any sort of public somebody way. Somebody put dynamite somewhere. I promise. Exactly. No. Yeah. Even if it's just in their own body. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, whereas, whereas in the Requiem, you could have covenants, which was you could have a uh, was it a sanctum. The Lankea Sanctum and the Circle of the Crone, who are just hate each other with thousand passions, but the political system that they exist in uh, supports them sitting down and not tearing each other's throats out. Which I adore. Uh, I, I think that's fantastic. Creates great tension. And those are games that removed the old Veta plot, not just because it was a new game line, but because they were like, no, we want to make sure that there is not a lot of canonical dogma mm -hmm. to weigh down a table if they don't want it. Well, here's the thing. They wanted, Old One wanted its meta plot to be about like the politicking and all that stuff, but at the end of the day, they gave us lots and lots of opportunities to just want to kick the shit out of one another. Oh, well, they also did mythical things. They did literally Cain, Abel, which, Lilith, Lilith, like The Book of Nod. What a ooh, wonderful yeah. read well, that that's, was. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a book that you really... Want meta plot? That book go. Is, that is as meta plotty as it gets. Want to talk? Want to talk about the Garden of Eden story from the perspective of like Cain and the serpent? Oh my yep. goodness! Yeah, That's it's good stuff. And, and it's really good stuff. But because it was so good, because it was so sexy, mm -hmm. a lot of tables, a lot of players, and even GMs were like, "I want to do stuff with this." Well, that starts moving your table away from any sort of like ground pound politics of a city and starts putting it into a the stratosphere of mythos and now legend. We're playing Tomb Raider. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whatever. You know what I mean. But like now we're playing a, a, a different game because now we're just all fully aware of like the big mythic shit that's the going big down. Shit, which yeah, you and, shouldn't be, by the way. Like yeah. as a vampire you probably even shouldn't be aware of like the true nature of your being. Yeah. But some people it's can't. life. They can't help it. And yep. unfortunately, they were like, what, where would people be like, where did we come from? Well, you obviously came from Cain because it's written in this book over here that they published. Yeah. Whereas in, in Requiem, they were like, where did we come from? It's like, we don't remember, and there's about five different, six different reason, ways we came to be. No one can remember anything past Rome. So you, your guess is as good as ours. Which, you know, that, that's good. And I think um, that going back to sort of mechanical talk, I, I if if I'm reading the runes and and the entrails correctly, uh, the one world of darkness stuff that is currently in development, uh, you know, due to the the changeover of you know from CCP to Paradox, uh, I believe that they are going off the the new world of darkness mechanical paradigm of it all works together, it's all integrated, it's far less racist. Um, oh, are good. You, yeah. <laughs> are, are you sure? Where'd you, read, where'd you hear that from? Uh, I mean, did you read that huge-ass interview where he I said did, that's but basically it, what we're doing? No, but I thought it was just, oh, we now own all the rights to all the W20, all the all the stuff. Out, they're coming out with new editions. One World of Darkness would suggest that they wish for, like, integration and synergy. I hope. Uh, well, systems. I'm 100% okay, yeah, on board yeah. with that if that's the case. No, no. I didn't just read that from that interview. No, no, they absolutely are doing that. They are coming up with... They're they are reinvigorating the, the old world of darkness. It just makes sense. Like, and, and like I, fiscally, it makes sense, mm -hmm. first of all, to make all of this work together because now everyone, like, if it's if it works, if it all works together, then everyone will buy all the books, yep. and yep. They, they can have their mixed party crazy shenanigans. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm okay with it. Um, I I I fear a little bit that it's going to feel too much like Chronicles of Darkness. 
I, I think they are very dedicated. Everything I've read about them, they are very dedicated to sort of keeping the feel and the the sort of the the ideals and and everything you know the anarcho punk well, stuff. Well, here's the thing: who cares about the machinery so much as long as it informs the setting that it's is a part of? Right. One world, people wanted one world of darkness because they like there are certain aspects of old wad that were attractive, they were enjoyable, and there are certain aspects of new wad that are you know attractive and enjoyable on a setting level. At the end of the day, the machinery, as long as it works with and informs it, I don't care if it's the same fucking system, as long as this clan gets the right set of disciplines that work well or whatever. Make sure everything informs everything else so exactly. that you're getting what you expect. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, from everything I'm seeing, I think that what the direction that they're taking is sort of taking that New World of Darkness, Chronicles of Darkness mechanical ideology and applying it to the setting of the, the of the new world of of the old world of darkness as well as updating the setting of the old world of darkness uh to to uh, uh, you mentioned the, the the all the cultural stuff in werewolf um and that's that's kind of one of the biggest sins of the old world of darkness yes, our, it was. our friend Dolores kind of kind of opened some eyes at least for me uh into just how racist and and culturally insensitive a lot of the stuff in the old world of darkness even when was. they were like being like this this culture of these people are really cool mm-hmm. they were like it was just like a snapshot of what it was Plan really Book going on. Part One. Oh yeah, God, was super duper mega racist. Yep. In a way, like here's the thing: we as Americans do not necessarily understand like racism against Roma people and yeah, stuff like that. Yep. It's just not a thing like that we quite under grasp the severity of. But be fully aware, my my brothers and sisters. That being racist against the Roma people is as bad in Europe as being racist against black people or Asian people. It's still just pure, unadulterated, nasty racism. And right. it's yep. no good. And boy, oh boy, did Clan Book Ravenous Part 1 have a good, healthy dose of it. They got rid of it for the, the they, second they, they mitigated yeah, yeah, yes, they they it they, they, a lot. They, they, brought, they brought the Ravnos back to sort of more of their cultural origins of being from India. Yeah, and, in, heavily, yeah, like a heavy Indian influence, which I thought was But, you know, I mean, the same thing can be said of the Asamites. Uh, oh, my you know, <laughs> The Asamites, <laughs> oh, they're all, you know, bloodthirsty assassins. and With dark black dark skin. Dark skin, and yeah. And the Sedites. Oh, Egypt the, things. Yeah, Egypt, Egypt things. dark things. Actually, my biggest thing was, like, and we talked about this uh, with a couple of buddies are with this werewolf game we were talking about. It's like, Look at the beast courts in friggin' Asia. I'm like, okay, so there's an entire group, and like, you have the setting of Apocalypse, Werewolf the Apocalypse, where all of these tribes don't get along, everyone doesn't like each other, this doesn't really work, it's all kind of falling apart. And then the other half of the world, everyone's fine and happy and singing Kumbaya in the beast courts, all the different types of where creatures know about each other and get along and do all this. I'm like, if there's one thing we can all take away from the world of darkness, is that no matter what context we're talking about, Asia is better than us. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what, that's what you need to know. Their vampires are hotter than us. Oh, yeah, they are. Their Jeez. beast courts are cooler than us and nicer than us. I'm sure their fairies are, like, sexier than ours. And, <laughs> and I'm sure their ghosts yeah. are way more settled than so, ours. So, I mean, I think having having the world of darkness, having that, that idea... Um, Man, we've gotten gone far from the far from the the, the I mean, maps I'm here. a real but it's a cool to... conversation anyway. Anyway, but having it in the hands of well, I mean, let's be honest here, some Scandinavians uh, who have a far more progressive culture 
than America. And that's another thing they're doing. They're taking the spotlight off of America uh, and well, putting I, it more inter- international. We're making it an international story. I think that's way cooler, honestly. Because yeah, it is. There's, there's Look at well. Overwatch. Yeah. Overwatch is, sorry, this is Rodeo. Overwatch, which is really big right now, is an international story. It goes from London story. to... Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a very light story, but it does. It has people from literally all over the world, and all the all the stuff, all the action happens internationally. Right. It doesn't just happen mostly like in America or North America. fighting tournaments. What? Yeah. <laughs> but back to what we were saying is just... Just updating the setting and because that's a bad thing in meta plot it's like no we have these tribes we have these clans that are obviously from a modern 2016 perspective this is not good this is this is offensive material and then you are forced if you are a reasonable human being in your game going well i can't have that i have to make my setting more progressive Mm -hmm. i can't be true to the of the meta plot because the meta plot said x y and Mm -hmm. z and I guess that's a good reason for new additions besides making more money for the company yep. is that, oh, look, we can put in new ideas, yep. fresh ideas. Absolutely. I am very looking forward to seeing what they do with those new additions. I'm very looking forward to seeing how they change things up. If I don't get to play in at least one goddamn World of Darkness game after all this comes down, I'm going to be upset. No, oh, it'll happen. It will happen. I'm playing. You're going to run a Trinity game for oh, me, yeah. Scott. Oh, yeah. I'm going to play in that. I'm probably going to be a Nova because they're awesome. Well, well, I don't know if we should talk about this on air as it, but uh, there there may be something coming up wherein you get to see us play these games. Yes. Uh, and we will definitely. Very, soon. very, very soon. We're, I'm not. Yeah, we're not going to say the name just yet, but it's it's coming around. Someone's coming around the pipe. And, I'll, very and, I, and I'll, I'll make it exactly clear right now. We have nothing to do with it in terms of like the funding or the actual work being done, but we're very excited. We're very excited about, about when it. it's officially official. We'll make an official announcement oh, on yeah. this podcast about it so that everyone knows what's going on with but it. But we're on board. Take, t- keep keep your ears open. We'll, yep. we'll be talking about it. But we will be running these games, and we will. Uh, you you'll get to see how how we roll. <laughs> and, how, and how fuck ugly we are. Oh, right? God, I'm such, I, I look so bad. Well, let's, start, let's get some, a little bit of makeup, maybe a wig, maybe. <laughs> no, we're not critical hit, goddammit. We're going, we're going raw, all right? All right. No, I must wear a mask. <laughs> anyway. I'm a different person. Uh, anyway. Uh, we but, all wear masks. All right, oh, I think I we've devolved enough from the conversation topic at this point. Uh, um, is there anything else we want to talk about Metaplot, guys? I mean, we, we, we have just been on the White Wolf like pain train literally the entire yeah. time. Okay, let's talk Dungeons about and Dragons stuff. has the craziest largest me- it is bigger meta plot wise than the World of Darkness. There have been like there are entire series of books about the interactions of the gods of that world. Yes, like true. there have been interactions about every city, every city has its own story, every organization has its own sets of stories mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like so Dungeons and Dragons is an unwieldy motherfucker of a meta plot. Right. If you want to incorporate all of it. If yeah. you're in Farron. Right. What's the spell plague? What is what the... is the spell plague? I don't know. Oh, I will tell you is. exactly what happened. <laughs> that, uh, guys, I'm stopping this podcast right now. I'm lighting my house it, on fire and I'm moving. It to is India. quite literally some asshole stole the secondary. There are two gods of magic in the Forgotten Realms. <laughs> what have I done? One of the the staff got stolen from one. You of them. You sent that email, Scott. I did. You're listening to this. And someone took it, stole it, and cracked the other. Uh, God of magic over the head with it, broke the staff, killed her, killed all magic in the world, and shit went crazy for for a while. 
Like, magic broke, and it fucked up everything. <laughs> and that's what the spell plague is. And then it screwed over Forgotten Realms for and many, then it made many, the, ad- for an entire edition. It made the entire edition less good, and all the books had to jump forward a hundred fuck years <laughs> to, uh, fix it. to fix the bullshit so that things could settle out. We got a much less satisfying story about Elminster after the spell <laughs> plague for fucking... Oh, God. Anyway, Time of Troubles was way more interesting. Also, it happened 15 years earlier in the city. Yep. And it was handled with way more interesting, like, stories and stuff. Yeah, but, I mean, so Forgotten Realms... I.e. not to sell properties. Yeah. As we've said, I mean, Metaplot exists in almost any game. If there's a setting, there's probably a Metaplot. There's some sort of back-end agenda that is being told that the writers are trying to tell you. But, like anything, you as the GM have all the rights and power to go, no, that doesn't fit in what I'm doing. credit, it's much easier to divest yourself of all that. Yeah. than it is with the White Wolf setting. Because the White Wolf, like, mythos and, like, all the World of Darkness stuff is so entrenched, like, the mechanics are so entrenched within the it's setting. It's also in- interconnected. It's, mm-hmm. like, all the different settings, like werewolf, vampire, changeling, all that started connecting to each other because they wrote it in there. They're like, no, you ha- you kind of have to use this or stuff stops making sense for what's going oh, to happen. you can get away with it. You can, yeah, completely, you can. You can But it's more work than for than exactly. to not use the D&D, like, settings. Yeah. Mostly, we're just going to call it fair, and no one uses any of the other ones anymore. Right. I, uh, people have run Eberron Planescape. Yeah. Eberron and Planescape are another, like, tied thing. to my... And Eberron's its own very interesting, like, little subset of things that I have absolutely no fucking idea about. Yeah. But obviously it's not... It hasn't gotten a 5th edition write-up yet, so it doesn't matter. Uh, uh, there's uh, Ravenloft, too. Like, that's another big Ravenloft one. is its own very interesting, like, it, it's... Man, it's, we wanted to be White Wolf for a minute. We wanted everyone to be sad, <laughs> well, it's miserable, It's still really popular, because it is literally the world of darkness for D&D, because right. you're playing in a world that's kind of going down the toilet, because it's all controlled by terrible, evil well, vampires and the entire and world gods. is just a prison for one creature, is, right. is the problem. I thought that was Monty Cook's world of darkness. I thought that's how that happened. We do not discuss McWad. <laughs> we, do, we do not discuss it here, but just know, gentle readers, that the story mm-hmm. of Monty Cook's world of darkness... Is that a comet full of alien ghosts crashed to Earth, and the creation of all of the changelings, werewolves, and vampires were different types of ghosts possessing the bodies of human beings. All right, I'm walking and, out and right that now. includes demons. Oh my! And, cha- and, and you know, and that's that. That's basically Scientology. It is, in fact, very much the exact story of Scientology. Of Scientology oh no, Florentino. poorly integrated D20 version of World of Darkness, yes. <laughs> got a level adjustment. Like, all of them had level adjustments, too. It was really great. Templates. All right, I'm done with this. Uh, let's move the hell on, please. <laughs> You're going to give me an aneurysm. Oh, good. Let me keep so it going. We would say, so we would say Exalted, I would say it was a good, I think, representation of more modern meta plots. Like, here's a big story. It's a grand story, but here's also a big world that you can kind of do anything in. So As long as you don't want to, like, pull the trigger, it's like, okay, the fae's coming. Like, or yeah. As long as you don't want to pluck the strings of one of those eight things that are going to end the world, you can play basically, you know, at, at, at nauseum without really bumping too much into the meta plot of, mm-hmm. of Exalted. And that goes for that goes for pretty much any of them. I mean, it really depends on how slavishly you want to pluck at those strings. I will say that in Exalted, it's a little harder to ignore the meta plot because of how earth-shakingly fucking powerful you are all the time. You're going to bump into something big, which the meta plot is something that is big. 
Well, I think Exalted did a really good job in that, you know, like we said, the core book set the table and set the setting and sort of set what the world as it is. And all of the big books thereafter, um, with some some key exceptions, didn't really push that story further as it did flesh out and give you more deeper detail about that table setting. Well, basically the table setting that you get for Exalted 2nd Edition, as far mm-hmm. as I understood, was just like, here's a snapshot of this five years in the world. Yep. It's it happens to be just a very important five years or something like that. Like the only the only big meta plot that happened uh, was something that sort of started off in the Infernals book and then culminated in the last book of Second Edition, which was Return of the Scarlet Empress, okay, yeah. which is absolutely a hundred percent a meta plot book. But it was very much presented as here's one way this could all come to a head. Right. Here's the big if you need, end of the world change change the paradigm sort of setting. If you've been playing the game, say you know, say you've had a table running for a few years, mm-hmm. it might it might be good to have some sort of like okay, well, obviously stuff's been happening in the world that you guys haven't been touching on. Maybe having it's always good, and I I do like meta plot books for this. It's like it's good to have a touchstone to understand it's like mm-hmm. what's been happening in the world, and maybe adjusted for what your players have been up to if they've bumped into things here and there. And uh, that Return of the Scarlet Empress book, which I'm I'm seeing on Matthew's shelf right over there, um, that actually was sort of the touchstone. It was the the sort of the the framework around which I ran my Exalted game, that mixed party game that I meant we mentioned earlier. Um, but the way I used it was. I used it as this is what's happening while the players are off telling their own story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is they were basically concurrent stories uh, that you know we've got the end of the world over here, but we've got the players over here essentially like building the Battlestar Galactica escape route uh, of if it, this gets fucked up, we need a backup plan. Yeah, the, the PCs were were creations backup plan, um, and it was an interesting story. So I got to I I pulled definitely pulled very heavily from that Return of the Scarlet Empress book, but that wasn't the story that was being told. And ultimately, I think that's probably one of the better uses of Metaplot as something, as a tool to draw upon rather than a roadmap to follow. Mm-hmm. I can agree with you there. Uh, yeah, I, I actually much prefer the idea of using it as just like, give, not necessarily forcing the PCs to like, deal with it like don't make them that's and that's actually kind of a, a rookie gm mistake at the end of the day like being like well i know all this stuff about this setting and i'm gonna force my pcs to fucking deal with it because i kn- i've read all these books like yeah. i i it's uh kind of an easy way out well it's a mistake i've made personally one mm-hmm. of the first D games i ever ran was actually a continuation of this uh one of the stories from paul s uh, the series from paul s camp within the forgotten realms which is about the Chosens of Mask and like their particular, which is actually a million times more interesting than any of the Drist books. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it, and it was a continuation of that story. Um, I think it was, po- yeah, it was post Spell Plague, so fuck my life. But you know, <laughs> but like just the continue because there were a few aspects of that story that got left on, you know, you know, on threads. Uh, there threads. were threads left over, and I'm like, oh well, what would happen if? And you know, that's how I read, wrote, I ran it, and I, I didn't try to force too much down people's. Roads, but unfortunately it did end up being I'm unfortunately a railroady GM when I 
when I get like that. So it, it was my realization. It's like, maybe I'm a player. Maybe I'm just a PC because I don't necessarily feel like thinking on my feet that much. Yeah, I mean, being a GM, you have a lot of responsibility to pl- tell your you, – because you want to tell your own good story. But w- how much does that eat into the story that your players want to tell too? Mm-hmm. And where do you find the trade off and and keep yourself entertained because you're there to be entertained as much as the players are there to be, be wary of anyone who has a story to tell oh yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean that's the thing is that your pcs the, the 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 people sitting around your table all made characters that don't exist in any book mm. uh they're their own characters no one in general no one's playing pregens out of a out of a module or out of a setting book um because that's dumb why would you do that make your own tune um, and so that means that there, those, the story that you should be telling should be centered around those characters, um, and whether or not, how, how strongly they interact with the story that has been handed down from on high is up to them. Yeah, and those are all very good thoughts. I think we, we're, we're getting into about an hour now, and I think we've pretty much said what we needed to say about concerning Metapod. We kicked the crap out of this Yes, subject. we did. Oh, yeah. It was good. It was a really good conversation, and I know we're going to continue having more conversations. I know we'll come back to it at some point, because everything is connected to everything else. Um, whoa, so, man. Whoa. Whoa. In my mind. Anyways, uh, if you guys want to tweet at us, we're on Twitter. Um, I am at BioImportance. I'm at Divis Malkav. I'm at Ar- Arduous, R-J-U-O-U-S. Uh, if you would like to give us feedback or questions for the show, we'll read them on the air. You can uh, reach us at polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and I want to give to the next part, I want to give a very special thank you again to Kaylee Chambers for being our patron on Patreon. Um, if She's you really the only like... one. She's the only one. <laughs> for now. She is the one. Mm-hmm. She always. Oh, by the way, if anyone goes to the main Polyhedron blog website, you will see a little link called Friends of the Show. Kaylee Chambers will be there forever and ever as long as that site exists because she is a patron on Patreon. If you want to add your name to that list, <laughs> go to patreon.com slash polyhedron. Look it up. See how much you want to donate. 30 cents, a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, ten dollars, whatever you want, whatever you can afford. Please go there, provide. It supports the show, gets us better equipment, and lets us and Headcanon do what we need to do to continue providing entertainment to everyone out there. Yeah. Comfier chairs or I'm going to hit Matt. Oh. I mean, look, uh, you don't know this, but Math- Matthew's the one with the fancy mic. You know, he's got this real fancy mic, and I've got this thing to clip to my chest. Yeah, I, I got the shit clipped to my shirt. I, I have I to feel... stay in one position. You guys get to lounge back and do and say whatever you want. Well, I actually have to be on point. Matthew. <laughs> but anyways... Please go to Patreon, go to the website, tell a friend about the show, get our word out. We really like making these episodes, and we want to entertain more people. Uh, Please subscribe and review us on the various methods by which you can subscribe and review us. Yes, we are on iTunes, we are on Stitcher, and we're now on Google Play. So please go out, review. uh, Review us, give us all the stars, all the whatevers on whatever. Uh, but anyways, I think we're that's it. Uh, all the meow meow beans. <laughs> oh, I want some my meow meow beans. <laughs> <laughs> well, go out, go go where your fun is, and go have some fun. Go roll some dice. <laughs>